0: comment and share. Hello, hello. This is the great game, and we have with us a real geostrategic, geoeconomic brain trust—the one and only Matthew Eret—is here. And uh, I'm glad we're actually doing the show, Matt. I'm glad that we're actually going to expose this ponytailed, wearing just just coffee house hanging yuppie from God knows where, what rock he crawled out of. And, of course, I'm talking about Peter Zihan, who's an absolute moron. First time I heard of this jackass was probably a month ago where he was invited to speak to some forum about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. I've never heard of this idiot before. And it's within five seconds of him opening his mouth and mispronouncing every single major theater of conflict from Bakhmut to the Donbas. So there's a Brossia bridge mispronouncing everything. I was like, this guy's not no analyst. Then you look him up and you realize he has a fake degree. And what I mean by a fake degree, a political science degree, which <laughs> means you're just a retarded, you're a slightly retarded lawyer. You're about that level. So this is what we're dealing with. And this shows you how low rent the intelligentsia in the West is. It shows you he's symptomatic of the low-rent intelligentsia that are in the West, that are in the United States in particular, and how this idiot literally, like, creates narratives and storylines out of a Tom Clancy novel or, as one uh, as someone on Twitter so aptly put it, from something out of a Call of Duty video game. This guy has no... Business talking about the subject matter he talks about. He has no experience in what he talks about. He doesn't understand the history or the context of it. And he will never show up to a real debate against someone like Matthew Arrett or even myself because he'll he run away from that. His ideas are completely indefensible. So, with that being said, Matt, let's destroy this nonsense folks it's one and only matthew erritt canadianpatriot.org risingtidefoundation.net get his books you want you want a geopolitical masterclass go to risingtidefoundation.net go check out the canadian patriot you want a real historical breakdown get matthew Errett's books as well as his wife cynthia chung's new book get those books get his substack and you will understand what the hell is going on and you want to, it's, it's the only way forward with that being said Matthew. Yeah, thank you, V.
1: I'm I'm happy to, to join you today. And, and and indeed, I also did not have Peter Zahan really on my radar until just a few months ago. And people yeah, you know, obviously I, I have a, a pretty positive assessment, as do all three of us of the multipolar alliance. The just looking at the overarching operating system that is emerging, um they're, they're There are obviously, admittedly, similarities in outward form of the type of world order that the Eurasian leadership is calling for. Some of the policies involve, you know, centralized government planning to do things um, that look similar to the types of language used by central planners of Davos, right? In the, Mm -hmm. the city of London Wall Street crowd, they like the idea of technocracy there's certainly technocratic elements in uh, Asia as well. The, the key difference is that the concept of value, where you place your values, what your priorities are, what the designs are that animate your thinking about the past and the future that shape the, the present battles that are being waged, and they are being waged. Anybody who says there are no battles and everything is controlled opposition are, have to ignore a hell of a lot of real-life facts to miss the fact that, yes, there is a battle, and the, the operating system is premised in the, in the case of Eurasia, as we've all talked about week after week after week, year after year after year, when you look at what is being done, what is being built, it is premised on breaking out of limits to growth, superseding the current limits and scarcity by creating abundance, by investing in the minds of people and encouraging them to make new discoveries that can be translated as quickly as as possible to the industrial productive process underlying agricultural, industrial, other other modes of production, including um, leaping to better and better forms of power generation that allow you to do more with less effort input. That is the key of economics, which is being zeroed in on which has been identified and acted upon by the leadership of Russia. Sergei Glaziev speaks very coherently. If anybody takes the time to read Sergey Glaziev's writings, his speeches, um, he has studied Lyndon LaRouche's economic strategies for decades. The leadership of China currently have are, are on board with Glaziev, and you have a complete coherence of civilizational forces around Iran, Russia, India is increasingly on board with this thing, Pakistan. China is leading the charge with the Belt and Road, which is has expressions all over the world. So most of the world's population outside of this five-eyes NATO cage, which we happen to be sitting in, don't want to commit mass suicide on some green Gaia death cult altar, which we are being expected to do. And that and I say most of the world's population. So characters like Zahan were introduced to me because, you know, certain readers, people who read, you know, read my stuff, listen to some of my interviews were saying, well, what you're saying is, is being contradicted by Zehan, this guy, Peter Zehan. I'm like, who is this guy? And I I do a little bit of a search and I listen to a few of his interviews. And sure enough, the one thing that could be said positively about Zehan, who I, we should probably do a follow-up after we dig a little bit more into his background and what the strat for, uh, think tank was that he was the the vice president for for many years um Mm -hmm. we should look into that maybe do a follow-up but basically the one good thing that could be said about the guy is he speaks with confidence (laughs) which is what a lot of people want to hear they want to hear people who sound like they are absolutely confident with their with the words that they use because we don't have leadership we have a lot of confusion and so it's kind of like a flotation device you know you you just see the the vibe of confidence and when you're when you're drowning that's like oh something which floats let me hold on to it unquestioningly but you start scratching at almost all of the data points that he's bringing out um, on any platform that he's brought into and you find that he either makes up statistics out of thin air reframes narratives to make it seem as though china is about to collapse russia is about to collapse any minute he's been doing this for years wow. Korea, the 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 cia connected Talking head on CNN His, was an early promoter of Zahan when he came out of like almost nowhere. Um, and I mean, I mean, Matt, I believe- the fact the fact yeah. that he came yeah. out of uh
0: Strat 4, you know, old yeah. old George Friedman's hack, old George Friedman over at Strat 4, who started Strat 4. I'm very familiar with Strat 4 going back a number of years. Okay, um, my name was actually leaked on there when they got hacked back in 2007. My name was on the list of. Uh, my actual name was on the list of uh, their, uh, uh, with, you know, with uh, clients and contributors that were uh, that was leaked to the public by Anonymous, the hacking group. Hmm. So I'm familiar with him. And one thing I can tell you <clears throat> is uh, George Friedman, the guy who started uh, Stratfor, is an idiot. One thing I can tell you is when you go into Stratfor, their offices in Texas. Most of these, their ideas are literally a bunch of young punks, similar to what you find in the Institute of the Study of War, sitting around just spitballing. Some of them could be even high. Yeah. It's, it's such a mediocre level of, of, of garbage, man. I just wanted to you know, put that in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's is- useful. That's useful because you have these weird lower-level clones, like mediocre yeah. clones of of the Rand Corporation, which have been created. There's hundreds of these things, right? That are all affiliated in varying degrees with U.S. intelligence in the deep state, that put out scenarios like what What is Rand Corp? That's like more of a mothership type of institute that's been around since World War II. And has been. It was created by Oxford uh, Road Scholars, people like Albert Albert uh, who was a former Trotskyist, was a a, a founder of, of Rand Corps, emerged out of the the U.S. you know military industrial complex, and the whole point of it was to manage the Cold War, but not just the Cold War militarily, which they did but also generate scenarios, white papers and shape policy for cultural policy, economic policy, science, science funding, everything. And the way the way that they did it is they brought in what was called systems analysis and cybernetics into the governing strata. Something similar was being done also in Russia around a few think tanks, namely. Well, I won't go into that now, but but the idea was this is this was foreign to how. um policy had ever been made in the United States. It had always been premised around, policy was always set by a moral consideration of win-win cooperation under the times of Franklin Roosevelt, Warren Harding, McKinley, Lincoln, all the way back to the founding fathers, James Monroe and and John Quincy Adams. The idea was always bilateral, build relationships with individuals premised around your your sovereign self-interest. And work creatively to find points of agreement within the context of a battle against oligarchism, which has always been understood from all great American leaders who are shot at and killed or poisoned. It was always understood as this oligarchical hive, this satanic operation centered in London, but with much broader expanses than simply that geographical location of London, is the center command structure of, of, of evil that will disrupt and destroy and sabotage anything good and constructive and natural. That's always been the case. This has been turned in, especially after JFK's murder into anybody who talks like this uh, or, or uh, acknowledges the reality of this is a conspiracy theorist, which became uh, synonymous with crazy person, not to be um, acknowledged as having opinions worthy of, of respect. This is a brand new phenomenon. So Rancor, All they did is they basically had a bunch of sociopathic, amoral uh, freaks recruited to run computer modeling scenarios and just come up with different scenarios of anything possible to justify why the U.S. should build up a multi-billion dollar U.S. arms uh, machine and U.S. nuclear weapons complex for the first 60 years. Then they come up with these little subgroups in all parts of the United States to just completely amplify and, and target different um, audience audience members that maybe wouldn't necessarily accept a core analysis. So yeah, Peter Zahan, I didn't know about George Freeman. I'm, I'm that I'm looking, I'm, I want to look more into that, but all of these things, they, they came out basically promoting this America first repackaged like new American century narrative for those who were maybe a little bit more um, disenchanted by the neocon project for New American Century that came out with, you know, Leo Chern and, and Wolfowitz and Dick Cheney and, uh, around 9-11, a lot of people were disgusted by that expression of it. So they needed another repackaging, which was provided to them by Zehan, who has this way in all of his discourses to ultimately, though he appeals to a lot of like right wing conservative um, audience, audience members. He finds a way to sort of like infuse a pro Biden orientation, sort of justifying pretty yep. much all of Biden's foreign policy. Pro green, huh? Yeah,
0: very very pro green he is.
1: Ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. very pro green. Right again, China is going to collapse. U.S. is on the. The world is going to go through a, a massive crisis. Yeah, big surprise. You're such a genius. And uh, Russia, all of America's enemies are necessarily going to collapse through their own incompetence, corruption, insanity, stupidity. And then Joe uh, Joe Rogan, who we—I mean—we have a lot of hope for Joe. He's, I think, overall done more good than bad in creating a sort of uh, platform. All the the
0: brain cells he's—he's frying. Well, that's the the
1: drugs he's on. That's the problem. So he's he's done yeah. something good by creating a platform, creating a platform too, that allows too people much DMT. to expect conversation that can go on for three, four hours, which is good to do to expand your your concentration span and think about context or content that's outside of the mainstream. But there's this other thing about his love of drugs or his 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 spiritual connection to psychedelics and a variety of drugs. <laughs> it's all that DMT he's him loading mushy. himself on, huh? <laughs> Right. It's all that D,
0: It's all that DMT that he's hitting himself with. Man, that has a <coughs> you know the, the high was. I didn't think
1: that the effect was going to be so bad, but then when you see the choices Dude, he's made, bad. by it's I mean, yeah. deep state operatives, and then this guy Zahan, It's like, yeah. what? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I'm on a spiritual journey. No, you're hallucinating, bro. Your brain yeah.
1: is hallucinating. That's what's happening. You're not, not on any journey, we're my not man. angels or aliens from another dimension. <laughs> it's something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and
0: then you have Zihan on. Uh, we have a yeah. clip with him. See, well, you, is there a particular
1: section of the clip you want to hit, Matt? Um, I should have actually done some timestamps. I didn't do that. Um, okay. so maybe we. I I thought you were gonna pull out those little tiny two two minute blips, but uh, oh, you I mean, what he's doing. Yeah, is, we can just pause it through saying, the conversation
0: if you want. Yeah, we can pause it through because he starts yeah. off with okay.
2: All and with right. the Cold War. The developing world became a column in 1992 until now. The problem is that this is all temporary because birth rate keeps dropping, people keep living older, and your column eventually inverts into an open pyramid upside down. And now you no longer have children, you no longer have a replacement generation at all. And there aren't enough people in their 20s and 30s to buy everything. And there aren't enough people in their 40s and 50s to pay for the retirees. So this decade was always going to be the decade that most of the advanced world moves into mass retirement and the economic model collapses. And next decade was always going to be the decade that that happened to the developing world. And we find out recently that the Chinese have jumped the ship and this is their last decade too. (laughs) All of the globalized connections and consumptions that create the Uh, world we know, we are at the end of it.
1: Okay, all right, let's hit pause there. So he's touching on something very, very important as a concept, which is worth thinking about very seriously, which is that we we do have a serious population crisis, but it's not overpopulation. It is essentially the fact that we have a demographic crisis. Um, but he's oversimplifying to the point of stupidity. Now, China has indeed done damage to themselves, especially through the one child policy. That's a fact. There, there was massive child, like, what do you call it? Um... um Babies, uh, female baby children throughout the 80s, especially, were being killed on, en masse because there was yeah. this one-child policy. That is something which China admits was an error. And they have since tried to heal. And they've been working very good at healing from it. But they still have, are, have the, the problem is not resolved. They did let go of the one-child policy some years back. It moved from t- to two, then to three. Soon, it's going to be completely lifted to no, no caps on children. Now, the, um, the points here that are being missed is that, number one, this is not a China policy, and it never was. This always came in from Henry Kissinger and the Club of Rome especially, the Club of Rome being the, the institute that was uh, created to justify computer modeling to control population growth of the world. And this was brought into the Bilderberger groups. It was brought into the Davos, early Davos summits in 1973. And it was always done as a spearhead of the Neo-Malthusian priesthood. So this was what was brought in to China in uh, the very late 70s, early 80s. And it was done on the condition that if China wanted to access industrial capabilities, they had to do this other thing, which was part of Kissinger's NSSM 200 uh, document, which in 1974 called for the U.S. foreign policy being converted from formally its, its initiative or its um, ambition was to promote scientific and technological progress to most of the world, even though it didn't do that, that was still on the surface, the U.S. foreign policy agenda priority list. Um, and that was just converted into depopulation of core countries, Ethiopia, Mexico, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, that wanted industrial progress, but if they did, they would then use the, the resources under their soil, which Kissinger identified as being in the U.S. Um, strategic interest to maintain and control. Thus, depopulation had to be the U.S. foreign policy outlook. This was why the Club of Rome models were then brought into China as part of that package. Now, the thing with China is they currently don't have enough people to replenish their, uh, their people. Their, their population. I think it's 1.5 or less uh, children per uh, couple. That's very bad. However, the thing with um, China versus us, it's 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 all about, and this is what Zehan doesn't want you to look at. It's all about the rate of change, the orientation, the trajectory, not where you're at at the moment. And this is where we start seeing a very different picture from what uh, Zehan is, is conveying. Number one, it takes a lag effect when you go from what where China was at in 1970, which was very low industrial base, it was on par with many third world countries, very low life expectancy, um, high infant mortality, to being to doing what the West did in 300 years. They're they're compressing that into like 35 years, <laughs> right? That's a lot of of change. There's a lag effect between the effects of the change on the overall um, population growth patterns. Like you could look at the, the Renaissance period in the 15th century, look at the demographic, uh, population, uh, patterns. This is what the environmentalists will all say is a proof why human beings are a virus. Cause they say, well, look up until the Renaissance, our populations never, never went far above 1 billion. And then after the Renaissance, you see this giant spike, this hyperbolic rate of growth to the present where we're, we're now at 8 billion. They say, well, it's, that's because we're a virus. Now, the reality is the Renaissance itself began generations before the population spike. It takes time culturally to start seeing the material effects of scientific progress. So there's always a lag. There always has been. There always will be a lag. However, what you can see is that China has gone from the year 2000, where they had 3% of their population living in middle income, 3% in the year 2000. Now they're at 52% of their population living in middle income. And you could also see simultaneously the average life expectancy, which Zehan never talks about these things, having gone from sixty-five years of age twenty-five years ago up to seventy-six. No, sorry, seventy-seven point one years of age as of this year, on average, which surpasses the USA, where the USA was once by far the world's um, superior nation as far as longevity, average life expectancy for men and women. Now it's collapsed down to sixty-nine. 76.1 uh, years of age. COVID didn't help. We lost 1.8 years on average over the uh, the period of, of the whole pandemic. Um, these are rates of change that could only be solved by embracing scientific and technological progress like we once had in order to create abundance. Because if you don't have abundance, you have scarcity. If you have scarcity, you have triage. If you have triage, like no ability to produce to to have the energy available to sustain your old people who are retiring your young people who are not wealth producers yet because they still have 20 years of being you know basically of, of being incubated in in the culture being you know learning things in school before they could become a taxpayer and a and a member of the working force these are this is called overhead costs if your society doesn't have enough workers but more than workers if it doesn't have enough technological power of production to create abundance that would then sus- uh, sustain those people at the end and the beginning of their lives, you're in a big, big pyramid, as Zehan talks about. But it's not about quantity of people. It's about the quality of the overall system. And when you look at China, they have surpassed the USA on every point of measurable production and abundance creation on every single point. And the overarching orientation is towards... Um, Prosperity on every degree. They don't have a need for scarcity to do triage in China because they actually are utilizing technology for the service of us. Whereas here, we're creating scarcity. We're shutting down our food production intentionally. We're shutting down our infrastructure intentionally, our energy access intentionally. That's by design, which if you listen to Zahan, he would have you believe that the U.S. is actually in a much better place despite everything I've just said.
0: You know, the thing is, every Western country runs on this completely fictitious fake model known as the GDP model, Mm. which is it's a it's a weird accounting thing where government expenditure is counted as economic growth, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Mm. And it is also um, a thing where 50 percent of the actual economic output is nothing but reshuffled debt. Yeah. And what that simply entails is you have an overinflated number. So when 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 Barack Obama called Russia a gas station masquerading as a country, I call the United States a 2 to 6 trillion dollars, a 2 maybe 4 trillion dollar economy masquerading as a 20 trillion dollar juggernaut. I call it a Ponzi scheme masquerading as an economy and this is what most americans and most westerners don't understand your numbers are all fake when you use P, you know ppi purchasing power parity right the, the ppp that is a is not even though even though that's not a, you know 100% or even perp or perfect it's more closer to the mark and mm. when you look at pp uh, the you know the uh, purchasing power parity china has already blown the doors off of us 3 years ago yeah That's the reality in every real
1: metric, man.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: Another metric uh, that's worth looking at also is the question of patents. Like if you look at the overarching, the overall number of patents that have been, um, or patent applications, China, uh, globally, there's something like 3.4 million patent applications globally. China accounts for 1.59 million of those far beyond anything of Western governments. And a lot of this is private individuals who have ideas. They get a it patent. It's not all institutions. So there is, I mean, on on every important uh, variable you want to look at, and we could keep on point bringing up variables. Um, China is far in the lead in terms of overarching productive powers per labor, um, per capita. This is something which has increased on part, like, massively in china whereas in the same frame over the last couple of decades it has decreased per capita in the west it's it's a very different paradigm and it's it's this is what is being missed entirely and i think almost by design by whoever is crafting zehan's scripts that are deploying them out to to basically promote this thesis that china is just about to collapse and i'm actually impressed that he's saying 10 years left because it wasn't that long ago that i think he was also saying uh their real estate evergrand property bubble is going to cause their immediate collapse any yep. minute now. Yep. He just you know and when that didn't happen because unlike us China's economy is not contingent upon speculative derivative based finance, which is actually something generally you will go to jail for if you try to do the sorts of things they do normally in Wall Street or the City of London. If you try to do those things in China, you go to jail. And so because their whole economy was not sitting and relying on their their real estate speculative bubble that did get too overblown. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was it was very well contained and they're still dealing with it in a pretty good way. But they put a lot of people in jail. They forced the CEO of Evergrande to empty out his whole um all of his savings to pour into bailing out his own company. Um like they did shit that that we only used to do back in the nineteen thirties when we actually had leadership by putting things. They had a car Commission. Exactly, yeah. they, they they have like they put thousands there. of Chinese bankers in prison, some of whom have gotten the death penalty for basically being agents of the deep state. 4.6 yep. million Chinese officials have been punished already since Xi Jinping began his anti-corruption campaign in 2012. 4. Yep. That's huge, huge. 4.6. A lot of them, death penalty. And, and the, he, word here's word. the dead
0: ringer. Yeah. Ever since that, and this is the dead ringer. This is what I want people to pay attention to. Do you remember about like two or three years ago, the CIA was crying? Okay, as soon as the purge began in China, where the anti corruption purge began, the CIA, this is how you know who's on whose side. First of all, Soros is banned from China. He's like, he's a wanted criminal there. But more Mm -hmm. importantly, the CIA three years ago was crying that they do not have any longer, because of the purge, have have n- no agents or moles or operatives inside the Chinese government, inside their Politburo, inside the, the 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 CPC. They don't have it anymore, and they were crying about the fact they have lost so many double agents that they had working for them. It was incredible,
1: yeah. incredible, and,
0: and well, that, was, that was hot that was, on the yeah. heels of
1: that purge. That's right. Yeah, that was. And John Bolton put his voice into the uh, the complaining, the complaining Western deep state mix saying yep. basically, yeah, b- due to their the the anti-corruption campaign, the use their utilization of their surveillance system that track foreign money that goes into different organizations, religious or otherwise, that are sitting inside of China. Um, they're not able to maintain their contacts, their agents anymore. And he was complaining about what an unjust thing this was. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I mean, China's at at war. People are acting like, "Oh, will the war happen? Is there gonna be a war?" It's you no. Know, wake up. There already has. We're living in a war. There has been at no point over the past, I would say, several decades, there has no not been no war. It's just our idea of war is so Hollywoodized and kinetic that we don't see that real war in the real universe is m- much more asymmetrical. Than, than Hollywood films would have us believe. There, it has been an ongoing intention and actions have been following from that intention to destroy, undermine uh, the Chinese civilization as an, as an entity, as a civilization, just like they have been trying to do with Russia, as an entity, just like they have been trying to do with the United States and European countries, as viable civilizational entities. There has been an effort to destroy from within and from without Using economic, cultural war, other forms of war, um, not just military. For I would even say that's that's been centuries, but it's, it's an ongoing thing. And China is doing their own battle against this thing. Um, but like, yeah, as you pointed out, there is there it, Western intelligence operatives are complaining that they can't maintain their operations, and I would even say things like you know you guys heard about the the police state. This is another thing Zehan has talked about a lot. Is the uh, Chinese police state? Police stations or <laughs> police stations? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> this thing—total fake uh, news, man. It's total, total fake, fake news. news. You read the report; it's all based on this thirty-page report produced by Safeguard Defenders. I read the damn report. There's not a single shred of any evidence that such things exist. No police stations with any jurisdictional power exist. You have dip- departments within embassies that are that do have as part of their mandate trying to track down and uh, coerce any way possible different criminals who are part of the who have avoided prosecution inside of China. Um, since 1989, they've been trying to convince them and, and intimidate them, I would I would say, to on their own volition, get on a plane and face trial back in China because um, there's again, millions. Canada has taken in over 100,000 Chinese super rich oligarchs in the past 20 years alone or no, since 1997, when the first major purge after 1989 happened, 100,000, this represents trillions of dollars of money that they took with them that produced an entire government, an anti-Chinese government in exile operation running the growth of the biggest real estate bubble. Like the reason why we have such a big property bubble that grew up in, uh, blew up in Vancouver and Toronto, as well as a giant, um, money laundering system that's tied to a lot of Chinese billionaires that are, is also associated with little shell companies and and uh, little fake mini banks in the Cayman Islands, which is all part of this this housing bubble offshore offshore money laundering uh, system. It's all under British control jurisdiction and these are these are people who are only here because if they stayed in China, they would now be in jail or executed. They and yet dumb Canadians, who listen to things like um, Ezra Levant or Rebel News's foreign policy uh, oh, assessments? God. Oh God! <laughs> like, oh look, this is the Chinese government getting their revenge on the Opium Wars by destroying our economy. These are all agents of sh- of of the big bad CPC destroying our economy from within. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute, it, it's not it's not it's not our it's hate, Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, don't bite <mind> me. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. No,
0: no, go, go ahead. No, I'm, uh, it, it, no, it's never us. It's it's never the West, Western countries, and their idiotic uh, politicians and their moronic bankers that are ruining their country's economies and, and 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 standard of living. It's always it's the red Chinese, and before that it was the red it was the red Russians, and before and then somewhere in the middle lots it was the crazy Muslims that were doing it. it, it, it these people, it's never them. It's never them. Why? Because they're the smartest, Matthew. They're the most brilliant. They're the best. <laughs> Oh, yeah man.
1: These are the people who like lined up to buy freedom fries. It's the same. It's the same, and and we need yep. to uh, to have a little bit of of self-examination because we've been profiled. A lot of good people with conservative values who don't want a great reset have been profiled. Their grandparents were profiled and and traumatized and catered to. all of their prejudices were fed during the Cold War were whole like demons that caused little baby boomers when they were kids to like hide under their blankets, fearing nuclear war at every single moment. This is a lot of trauma being carried around by people born in the 1945 to 1961 period, right? They lived this every day doing bomb tests, being told about the the Chinese uh, red monsters, the Russian red monsters who are under your bed, who want to kill you and destroy your freedoms. Like this is trauma. and uh, and And it sort of became a latent thing we we never processed we never dealt with this collective trauma but after after 1991 with the collapse of the soviet union we sort of were allowed to ignore it we could we could put it in the basement of our psyche and not think about it but it's still there and the spellmasters the neurolinguistic programmers the people m- managing the, the the tom clancy narratives that are being deployed to cater to our prejudices and our fears they understand that this is all they have to do is act upon the subconscious. That's how they craft their stories and frame their narratives of like Putin, uh, the big bad supervillain, who's also a delusional wannabe demigod's new Hitler, Stalin, who's also like, you know, falling apart according, you know, he's got a neurological degenerative disease and he's shaking as Peter Zahan says he is. Um, and it's only like a, a minutes before he's going to keel over uh, of course, none of this is, applies to Biden. No, none of this. So it's, it's all psychological, just project Freudian projection of our own immorality and the immorality of our own leaders onto those of China, of Russia, of other countries it's, who yeah. really just want to survive and not looking at our, and not self-examining our own failures and what we've allowed to grow as monsters in our own basement and our own backyard.
0: One of the common highlights amongst all these uh, Western pronunciators is that they all of them use projection. All of them mm-hmm. We were listening to the Condoleezza Rice speech talking about, you know, this is from a few years back talking about, oh, you know, there's a problem when large powers go, you know, go uh, uh, awfully wrong when they go, you know, uh, become uncooperative, you mm-hmm. know, and they start using uh, sanctions and economic warfare and military coercion to to bring subjugation and consensus. I'm like, wait a minute, you're projecting, bitch, <laughs> you're doing exactly what we do in the United States. And you got guys like this moron, Zihan, who's does the same thing. He's literally look, – look at his face. He, he has that retarded look. He, he, he looks like the guy who sits around and sniffs his own farts all day, similar to a Paul Krugman, just a a, a low-IQ moron. CG, you want to play a
2: little more of this? Yeah, little, a little. Here's little the next two matter. minutes. Okay. And so what are the other problems that they're encountering that leads you to believe that they only have 10 years left? Well, without young people, we've seen their labor costs increase by a factor of 14 since the year 2000. So Mexican labor is now one-third the cost of Chinese labor. Their educational system focuses on memorization over skills. So despite a trillion dollars of investment and a bottomless supply of intellectual property. Pause, stuff, pause, pause,
0: pause, pause, pause. <laughs> pause. This could go on for hours. You that this guy crazy. can't be this dumb. This guy cannot be this dumb. First of all, the education system is not based on memorization. In fact, it's our education system that's actually based on memorization. They look, they're a country that is developing supercomputers at a rate that has that far outstripped us here in the West. Number one. Number two, they're a country that just created an artificial sun and had it burn at 25 million degrees Fahrenheit for 17 minutes. Okay, they're the ones who are already on the forefront of messing around with fusion technology and whatnot. That doesn't come from memorization. That comes from innovation. There's a reason why Huawei was sanctioned to oblivion and not allowed to proliferate in the West. It has nothing to do with spying capabilities. It was the only phone you could buy that didn't have intelligentsia, CIA backdoors to it, and to prove the point, they were willing to put the whole entire code in open source. Third, it would have crushed Apple. It would have been the end of Apple. In fact, Chinese tech companies are way ahead of anything the U.S. are doing. Case in point, I can go to Shenzhen. CJ and I could put a a, a CAD drawing for a rogue smartphone. We could put it in at 9 a.m. in the morning. By 3 p.m. in the afternoon, there will be a working model on our desk. That is a rate of speed and supply chain efficiency that the West could only dream of. It is not even close. That doesn't come from a memorization population or education that comes yeah. from real intellect and real creative thinking, Matthew.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you could say, yeah, for a period there was copying because we had once been the leaders of technological progress and yeah, we, copied we, copied we copied off the
0: Germans. We copied off the Germans. That's what gave, gave us the industrial boost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of, a lot of German scientists after world war two as well, who spearheaded the growth of some of the biggest breakthroughs in our aerospace industry. Um, that's a fact. Now, at the same time, that's part of being human. You're know, you you're a student. You don't know something. You go to a master who knows something. You learn, you copy, and at a certain point, you go on and develop your own um, skill set. You, you pioneer after you've learned the skill set. Then you go and make your own trails. China is now at a place where they have produced, they now own China, mainland China. 19 out of the 20 fasti- fastest growing chip industries in the world are owned by China directly. I'm not even talking about Taiwan right now. They have access to the most important strategic deposits of rare earths and other other vital um, elements that are that are important for the breakthroughs in quantum computing, AI, other like machine learning, other forms of uh, expression for the future technological uh, leaps that will be made. And you just pointed out fusion power. They have they have mastered nearly every domain of fusion because there's many pathways to get to fusion, hot, cold, um, there, there, there's, so many, there's Stellarator technologies, laser fusion, Tokamaks, you've got so many approaches. They're not putting all of their eggs in one or two baskets. They're spreading it to e- expand the possibilities of creative breakthroughs happening in all domains that could then find benefits in other pathways. They're doing it with, they've become a world's leading uh, force in space tech. Whereas the. US has shut down all of our space ambitions back when JFK was killed. I mean, the peak investment in terms of per GDP, like dollar per overall investment into NASA and space space tech overall as as far as percentage of GDP, the maximum was 1965. By the time 1969 rolled around, it was already being cut in half. By the time NASA killed or NASA was induced to kill the Apollo missions back in 1973. It had fallen down to 1%. Then for most of the next 30 years, it was less than 0.5%. It's barely up beyond, it's still less than 1%. It's a fraction of what's needed. And on top of that, we just have our students in science who are only allowed to do computer modeling for engineering, space tech, nuclear. They're not allowed to build anything to test their ideas out. Whereas in China, they're, they're actually, their students are provided the resources to build prototypes. Their scientists are allowed to build prototypes in the real physical universe to test whether your ideas fit the universe or not. Computer models, binary codes will not do that, which is why we have failed. And when we cut China off of any collaboration with the US uh, space scientists back in 2011 with the the Wolf Act, which basically said, oh, China is a malevolent actor. We cannot share dual use technology like space. We the idea was that we were going to shut down and destroy their ability to stand on their own two to to feet and have a, an advanced aerospace industry. It didn't happen. What happened? We ended up destroying our own space industry under people like John Holdren, the great Malthusian psychopath who's, who was you know the Rhodes Scholar, head of Obama, uh, Obama and then Biden's science policy. Uh, his, his mentor, John Holdren, too, uh, oversaw the shutdown of space and uh, nuclear fusion investment while China became the pioneer with Russia, together they are working right now at constructing, at, at putting online a science base on the moon for a permanent colonization program of of science and automation. They are going to have the only viable space station with the the Tiangong, um, the Heavenly Kingdom, um, space station, which will soon be the only one in the world. And they're working with Gulf states, African states. They're they're welcoming um, nations of. North America and Europe to join them. Some only a few have in, in Europe so far, but they're they're saying let's all do this together rather than bomb ourselves to smithereens. So yeah, they're pioneering new things. They have high speed rail and Maglev rail. We got
0: none of that stuff. Oh yeah, we have the MTA man. We got MTA in New York train goes over eighty miles an hour. Starts starts rattling. <laughs> I remember those trips on the MTA going into the subway and and whatnot. Just rattling. My teeth are rattling. And you got to pray if it goes over 80, 85, it's going to derail. And I go right into the Hudson River, man. It's no
1: joke. Yeah, no, that, it's a thrilling. It really river. is. No, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. We're still using technology from the 1950s. We are. And this is why I keep yep.
0: telling people. It's like we are a third world country with a third world economy with third world politicians looking for a third world currency, which is soon to be rectified.
1: Yep. yep. And here's the
0: thing, man when you look at, uh, like, here's another thing, right? China put up a space station up in record time. Yeah. Record time. Russia's doing the same thing. We can't even compete in that regard. When Elon Musk went rocket engine shopping, where did he go? Russia. Mm. Because we, we don't make crap here. Right? Our yeah. biggest exports are trash recyclables and pornography. We're very good and adept at that. That's why I believe the future of America is sweatshops and sex work. Like it, it, It's, it's literally, like, me and Velas, we have this running joke that the future of America is going to be from that book by uh, by uh, Steve uh, uh, was it Stephen Nielsen or Neil Stevenson, which is called uh, Snow Crash. Right, oh, I got to read that. <laughs> I, to write it down. I'm like that is the future of the United States, and this guy right here on Twitter nails it. Zihan is the most cringe geopolitical analyst, quote unquote, I have come across. His brand of pseudo intellectual connot- <laughs> connotations for US Americans who see international politics as a call of duty storyline 100%
1: and then right there they have a little uh, screenshot from a i think it's a 2009 assessment by Stratfor the the you know organization he was the vice president of at the time essentially just predicting 10 years 2009 10 years until China obviously collapses um, there's nothing original in Zahan's assessment that he didn't get from either his mediocre. own make-believe think tanks uh, run by, you know, <laughs> jackasses like this fellow who I don't even know his name with no ex- no real-life world experience who just put stuff out catering to prejudices. <laughs> New American dominance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, because, you know, America, you know, the rest of the world, they all steal technology for uh, from us because we're so dominant. But, you know, the thing is, you know, they copy all our tech and they steal all our IP. But they still only utilize IP that we don't even have. We don't even have it in. We're not even they're fielding it. It's not even. Uh, yeah, it's that
1: good. I mean, because you know, that must be what yeah, the they're doing stuff. with their their quantum computing is they're going into the future with their quantum computing machines to steal oh. future discoveries we haven't made yet, and then bringing them back to the present. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. Right. I just oh, went to Peter. Q9.
0: Yes, <laughs> Q9 land there. Yes, that, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes that sense. That makes sense. And it, here's it, the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. One of the things that's, that this idiot Zehan has said, he said that the, the cost of labor in Mexico per hour versus the cost of labor in China Anybody can look it up. The cost of labor per hour in Mexico is $3.95 The cost of labor in China right now is $4.50 Right, four, dollars 95 an hour plus four, versus $4.50 Obviously China's a little bit more expensive But guess what man? If you want things done at a high level, okay whether it's high tech Bleeding edge, or even high level, or even mass produced at a very high quality, okay, with the volume that you need, okay. There's only one place to go. That's China. If you want the finest uh, straw me- uh, uh, cowboy hats or boots, you go to Mexico. Me- there's some great boots coming out of Mexico. In fact, I own two pairs of them. They're a company called Thursday Boots. They're designed in New York. They're made in Mexico, phenomenal. Okay, uh, you want to do something high tech? You're not. You're not doing Mexico. You're. Do, you're. I mean, they're trying to. I mean, BMW just recently put a factory up there, and and, and, and you know, Volkswagen had a long-standing factory up there as well. But so they also have you know long-standing factories in China as well. So that's the thing. So the the, the in other words, what I'm trying to say is this: the scale doesn't make sense, right? If I'm doing bleeding edge, I'm going China. If I'm going high-tech, high-volume, precision manufacturing, I'm doing China. If I'm not doing that, I can go to Mexico. Mexico is more of a competitor to South Korea and and, and in, in terms of, of a manufacturing um, uh, uh, rival. They're more of a competitor to India. They're more of a competitor to Vietnam. It's not even in the same economies of scale. You see what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So it's not even the same economies of scale. So he's right saying that they have a lower lower rate. That's like saying women get paid less than men. Of course they do, because of the t- kind of jobs that they pick, right? It, it has so on the surface, it's like, oh my God, wow, China is gonna collapse. Their labor rate is higher than Mexico's. So oh my god, that's it. Oh my god, they're gonna collapse. But no, it's not even in the same economies of scale, man. It's unbelievable.
2: I gotta play this next yeah, next two minutes. This is the best. Here we go. Nationalistic cult of personality, and it's very difficult for the Xi administration to even run it because it's not an administration anymore. No one wants to bring Xi information on anything. So, like Putin <laughs> lied to his face, for example, last last February about the war saying, "Why would I invade Ukraine?" And you can see in some of the the presses, the the defense guys in the back of the room, like they didn't want to say anything because she has a history of shooting people he doesn't like. Uh, And so the the Chinese were the only country that was caught with their pants down when this all went down. Uh, The Biden administration is basically (laughs) taking the trade policy of Donald Trump and running it through a grammar checker and putting it into institutions. So we now have tech barricades that prevent the Chinese from buying the equipment, the tools, or the software that's necessary to make semiconductors.
0: I hit
1: pause. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a (laughs)
0: colossal fucking moron.
1: (laughs) It's my god, it's
0: Matt, I've, I've never heard anything so stupid in my life. <laughs> First of all, for the uneducated public, okay, Matt, I'm gonna, I want to, I, I went on a microchip rant uh, a while ago. You guys could actually find that video here on, on, on the channel, okay? The microchips that everybody has a heart on for these days is an open source technology created by ARM. ARM is a British company, they created an open source for risks, risk uh, uh, computing and ARM chips, right? And these chips are, you know, what started out as, as, as a nine nanometers and seven nanometers, five nanometers. Now we're down to like three nanometer chipsets are open source. Now, the technology is put out there by the British companies and some uh, companies like TSMC, uh, Taiwan Semiconductors Corporations. They have gotten the jump on it because they're able to do, again, economies of scale, do it at a very high level and coming out with the most highest level chips. TSMC chips are the ones that power your iPhones. Okay, Your iPhone A15, A16 processors are all TSMC processors with high levels of silicon added to them for their processing speed. Now, China was, before this whole Huawei debacle happened, Huawei was pioneering their own ARM architecture chips, which are known as the Kirin. Kirin 9000s, Kirin... uh, uh, ninety two hundreds, which are super fast. They were on the verge of being the first into nano, three nanometer, three nanometer, uh, nano uh, chip size before the whole blockade happened. And if they would have launched the three nanometer chip size, they would have done so three years in advance of TSMC. Hmm. The other major chip maker is Samsung. Okay, so those are the your big chip makers. Now, th- th- this chip making stuff is not hard to do. This is not some impossible level thing it's impossible for the united states there's no way the us could ramp up a chip industry here it's impossible okay you can put up a chip factory it'll take you 11 years with all the regulations and trying to get the the, the, the populace geared up to for for production trying to find the talent to work there the whole nine yards it's going to take you minimum 11 years right but you'll and and, and in 20 years you're still nowhere even you know putting a dent in the bucket as to where you should be in terms of global chip production, it's not even close. China could ramp. China's already ramped. They already freed themselves out of the trajectory of uh, the 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 um, the uh, uh, embargoes that have been pay, placed by the Biden administration when it comes to ARM processors, right? And they're mm-hmm. doing it with Kirin. Okay, they're doing it with uh, with MediaTek. They're doing it with. Uh, uh, I mean, there's so many companies right now that are making their own homegrown silicon, very very high tech extremely fast but and it's surprising for, to people like this idiot peter zihan who just you know st- stays in a, in a closed room maybe a, a closet in his master bedroom and sniffs his own farts all day and comes up with these crazy ideas that this type of technology cannot be done by a populace that just has an education system that just simply is a memorization of education no we have creative engineers working there
1: and amazing things are being done matthew yeah, no, I, that well said. And uh, no, I, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to a semiconductor industry. You know, it's not just like the factory. It, you need, you need uh, very, very sophisticated chemical plants. Uh, you need to access the raw materials, process them. Bingo. You got to be able to have a whole, there's a widely integrated system on top of the semiconductor plants themselves. And then, I mean, laser tech, you, you need so many things, so many moving parts and the U.S. Maybe if we go back to 1971 when there was still a viable industrial base, it had a capacity to do things like that and retool industrial capability. Because, you know, an industry that makes cars can, can be retooled to make a lot of other things. It's, that's how we won World War II we did retooling. Um, so that, w- that was a capability we once had. That's, that's more or less gone now. I mean right, it's most- it's totally
0: gone. there's no way a, tank, a a car factory today could make a tank it's
1: impossible can't do it yeah and and we've destroyed most of the car factories that we once had um on top of that so we china on the other hand if you look at their industrial capability the powers of of industrial production that they have created and and earned over the course of the last several decades it gives them not just the power of of producing consumer goods the way it has often been the case under, under, you know, globalization from 1980 to to 2010. Yeah. Cheap shit comes from China. It's, it was a lot of that was driven by selling stuff to the consumer market, cheap for dollar stores and other things. That was a process that they went through. They're ending that process. Now they have a whole made in China 2025 program. They're, they're moving to the next phase qualitatively of their development experience as they mature As a species caring about their own self-interest. So they have a capacity now of production that we we've lost a long time ago. They have connections to various strategic resources on the earth, especially in Africa, where they've won over a lot of trust and friends by doing things very differently than the IMF, the World Bank, who have backstabbed these countries to the Stone Age for the past, you know, 80 years or longer. They have they, they have access to that and they have an, a serious look with government backing towards pouring the resources into space mining, not just lunar mining, which is a big part of their space program, but also asteroid mining, things of that sort. That That's something which they're working very hard at putting online, which will create give them an edge that we could only dream of and that we could, we could be involved with cooperating with them on these things too, as the Chinese government has put forth the offer many, many times. So what Peter Zeon is saying by the idea that Biden is is just tweaking um, Donald Trump's economic foreign policy towards China. Where which, the resource came from?
0: Let me do my Peter Zihan impersonation. I need a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've done is what we've done is we just—he looks like he's high, right? So soft-spoken, like a very effeminate man that he is. So, what they've done is we've taken Donald Trump's foreign policy and we've put it through a grammatical correction computer and then put it out to every institution. And now we have an embargo on chips and technology and tooling that China would need to advance themselves. Yes. And the Biden administration's doing it because the Biden administration's smart. And it's going to be American dominance, Pax Americana, for, and it's going to be the Fourth Reich for 1,000 years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And he, this guy, I mean, his inflections, his intonations is the weirdest thing, how he, how he uses language, the, the intonations of language. It's strange. It's incredible. Um, yeah. And I guess it hypnotizes some people who, I guess, just learn like the Twitter uh, commentator said. They learn to think foreign policy by, by playing Call of Duty. And they just that sort of analysis and that way of speaking somehow appeals to them. Um, but the idea that, yeah, what China China would is is obviously... Their whole semiconductor industry has been destroyed, according to him. This is a, a trope that was put out months and months ago, um, yeah. which, which had no basis. He actually says in this interview that just happened a couple of days ago on Rogan. He says, I think uh, in a in a few minutes after after what we've just watched, he says that after Biden put forth his law banning any American from working in the Chinese semi- semiconductor uh, industry, that everybody 100% resigned immediately the day after the bill. It was a complete destruction of the Chinese semiconductor industry. None of that happened. That Never. was months ago that this lie was put out. Clayton Morris, who's a good guy on Redacted, You know, promoted that and it became kind of viral. Never happened at all. Um, and yet they're still repeating these tropes and expecting that the people who are listening just don't know how to use memory, how to do a little bit of research, or even just observe that no China's semiconductor industry has not been destroyed. It's still a thing, a, a very big thing, and Americans still work for it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yep. like, ah. And but again, the idea that he, that Biden, he would have people believe, and the fact that Joe Rogan is so soft minded to accept this that Trump's it's, foreign it's, policy it's all, Trump's all the
0: drugs strategy,
1: man. Oh man, it's bad. It's it's bad. bad. I didn't how bad to Joe to had it. oh, Dude, it's bad.
0: Um he's he no, like I mean, <laughs> is... Huh? Uh, it's all the silly Cybin and uh all that DMT he's like consuming, man. He's like smoking DMT and going on the his brain is like is, is like mush at this point. He, he's going to be you want to see Joe Rogan in in like 10 20 years? It's gonna be Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. It's gonna be like that. It's gonna she be Ozzy Osbourne, born, man. I um, love the guy. He's awesome. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. But dude, you can't put morons like this on and not you know. And again, this is the problem. Most Americans are not versed in geostrategic. They're not versed in geostr you know geostrategic or the geo geopolitical or geoeconomic. They're very they're very neophyte in that. They're very elementary in that. It's good guy bad. They're very binary they're thinking so they cannot have any sort of pushback against a moron a halfwit like peter Zihan, who's a halfwit i would kill this guy in a debate 30 seconds you would do it in five seconds flat you know and the thing is this he has no pushback against because he's not versed in anything the american foreign policy is either fed to you by fox news or cnn it's either left or right the left hates Russia and the right hates China, and then there's people that are caught in between of that. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's all binary, and that's the
1: problem. Yep, I couldn't say it better myself. Yep. Do we want to keep on uh, watching yeah. the Zahab thing, or, yeah, yeah, or do we, yeah, we, have, you, we? have to close out You the have show? Time. No, I got, yeah, time. got, you got time. time. I got that no, time. I got Let's go
0: for it. Here we go. Here's the next round. Putin. Oh I'll make sure it's on mutant. I think I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm trying. The truth is always trying to my And the
2: scary rumor is that Putin has cancer, and that or he... Parkinson's is one I've heard as well. Oh really? Yeah, I, I don't know what yeah. it is. It's clearly on steroids, but you know that could mean a whole lot of things, like prednisone or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. That, and you say that because of his appearance? Yeah, or? he he looks very not just flushed but puffy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of a classic too many steroids in your system issue wow. and this mm-hmm. uh, puffiness is uh, this this these steroids or to battle this cancer somehow in theory uh you know steroids keep you going in a time when you should probably be laying down is really the kind of the bottom
1: line when did he joe rogan because of medical zone reasons we really don't know but but when when need some steroids. Steroids. gossip girl this is, like, <laughs> this is <laughs> what it is oh, man. gossip this girls rich. I mean, Putin can go off for three to four hours speaking off the cuff with no teleprompter standing up. And he does this sort of thing all the time. All the time. All the time. With hostile CNN journalists, he just fields questions the the way the good old-fashioned Trump used to do where he just walk into a hostile audience and just, like, fields questions off the cuff. No teleprompter, no controlled environment. Putin does that all the time. And they take, like, a little segment out of context of, like, eight seconds when Putin's, like, sitting there, probably got a, you know, a shit briefing, looks kind of like, you know, a little blue in a, in his shirt. And, and there is, uh, I look obviously puffy. he's dying of cancer or Parkinson's disease or both. Obviously that's the case. And he's obviously on drugs. If, if I have a, a wild night of sushi eating with a
0: lot of soy sauce, the next day I look puffy as well, Matt. Okay, I have a very puffy look. It doesn't mean I have cancer and I'm dying and I'm on steroids, okay? All right, here we go. Put, put on. See, uh, see we need volume.
1: Uh, no, I was listening to uh, the continuation of to make sure that
2: he uh, didn't change anything. Here we go. He's not in great health. That is obvious. And for that's someone who is the, uh, the shirtless horseback rider in the propaganda videos, that's a real problem. He's visibly wearing uh, bulletproof or bullet resistant vests, even around his own propaganda people. Oh, yeah, he would know this because he has x-ray vision, this guy. I saw last week where it was all the propaganda shots that he's taken with like with the soldiers, mothers and on the front and with the tech people and in the intelligence. And it was like the same 12 people were in every single shot just in different outfits. Mm. Uh, and even with those people, he's wearing his ballistic vest. Now, not when you true. say uh, when you talk about his appearance that he's clearly unhealthy, is is oh, there? Uh, can you demonstrate that? Are there images that show him a couple of years ago versus now mm-hmm. where you could see his appearance? Yeah, it's it's not much of a reach. Like I said, he he likes to pose hor- uh, shirtless on horseback to show how virile. Yeah, see,
1: this is actually interesting. This is probably the closest thing to a uh, this is probably the closest thing to a little bit of pushback that Joe Rogan displayed in the entire interview and it's not pushback but he's basically just saying is there any evidence of this and this is where you could see all of a sudden just by asking something so friendly and simple peter zahan gets all uncomfortable and he's like he just repeats his you know famous uh he's yeah well he rides horseback uh this is this is problematic he's going into a like a negative feedback loop a little bit and he has to like struggle to actually because he doesn't actually have any such evidence except for a couple of little images that they're going to play of like Putin just looking a little like annoyed. And that's like all they actually have as evidence. So this is the way to break down any type. Anytime you have somebody as, as a lesson to people listening right now, anytime you have somebody who sounds like they um, are sophisticated and know things and you have doubts that maybe they might be full of shit, ask them at any point to prove any claim that they make. Just ask them to prove it. Take a, take a moment. I didn't know that. Could you please just demonstrate why this claim you just made is true? Please, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm, I'm open to follow you. I want to believe you. Please, now, now, evidence, please. And that's where you find where the bullshit lies. Because, and I say the word lies here in a very serious <laughs> double meaning. Um, most people don't do that, though. They're just so hungry for free, easy knowledge that they want to just accept the right answer, go to the end of the textbook without working on the ideas themselves. So they, they drink it all up. And uh, and they increasingly find themselves weaponized against Russia, weaponized against Putin, against China, and don't realize that they themselves are now their own worst enemy. And that's how this thing has always worked for, for thousands of years. How, how do the yep. how does a small clique of sociopathic oligarchs representing a, a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of humanity maintain influence over the, the vast majority who have everything to gain by working together and simply saying no to their power structures? It's simply by this, we all are, our, our stupidity, our, our lack of self-awareness is capitalized upon by those forces who do know the science of mind better than most of us do. And they know how to work our prejudices. They know how to work flattery because if somebody flatters you how Oh, you're so smart. We all, you're, you're such a smart person. I, I you're much more inclined to listen or, or to, um, respect whatever else they have to say than if they start out by saying that's a fucking cockney stupid idea w- wake up wise it up. i mean if you if you if, you, if somebody starts with like that with you you will not be inclined to really respect and anything else they have to say even if everything that they're saying is correct and you're dumb <laughs> but the, the the oligarchs the the demagogues will always use the flattery of the masses the wisdom of the masses we all know this we all know we should stay <laughs> at home and save lives. We all know that those who rejected XYZ consensus opinion that we want you to believe are conspiracy theory domestic terrorists. We all know this. This is a self-evident fact. We don't have to think about or debate anymore. So, And then they can move the, the masses like a giant uh, mob the way they want them to. And the way every co- color revolution works to destroy yeah. governments, you, don't, you work the prejudices of the masses. Yeah. It's simple. And it's, it, this is what Peter Zeon is, is a low-level but influential tool. And people need to – poor Joe – shame on Joe Rogan. I mean, I really hope this guy gets a slap of reality at some point and gets he back – He
0: credible uh, guests on there, man. He needs like oh, – it's just so
1: bad. It's so bad. But this ties into the aliens thing too, right? Because Joe Rogan is also obsessed. He, he puts more importance on alien disclosure than he does actually understanding or combating the real oligarchical deep state operations that have taken over control of Western governments over generations. He cares more now about the alien thing. And when you listen to the the discussions he's had on with a lot of his guests who, who deal with this topic, they overlap the, the psychedelic discussion as well. They're two sides of the same discussion. And you listen to people like Graham Hancock, yeah. who he loves- and I'm, I agree, like the, the official explanation for ancient civilizations, the standard model is a cover up of reality. I agree with that. Does that mean intergalactic or interdimensional aliens were the ones actually feeding early humans with the knowledge of building the pyramids and Atlantis? Not necessarily. You don't have to go to that leap either. So a lot of people reflexively, they see the bullshit of a standard model that doesn't conform to reality of ancient pre you know, pre-history civilization, and then they will say, okay, because the official narrative is bunk, the other opposing, any opposing narrative must be thus true, which is where, all of a sudden, if you look at Graham Hancock long enough, there's a lot of good info that that Joe Rogan adores this sort of thing, but when you get down to, well, where did this information actually come from? Where did this ancient technology come from? It gets you right into the door of psychedelics that allowed early people to Um, have communication with interdimensional aliens that live on another, another wavelength that gave us this information that allowed us to make the pyramids and other things. Um, So it's part of the new spirituality. And if you look at Lawrence Rockefeller, right? Lawrence Rockefeller who founded the disclosure project that brought in John Podesta, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton back in the nineties to start this new unification of all UFO organizations under a new umbrella, this guy was also simultaneously – this is the fifth Rockefeller brother. He was the, the simultaneous funder, the major bankroller of Terence McKenna. And all of yep. Terrence McKenna's work on psychedelics and um yep. and mushroom, magic mushrooms. All of that was bankrolled by Lawrence Rockefeller f- throughout the 1970s, 80s, Tavistockian operatives like Barbara Mar- Marks Hubbard, neurolinguistic programming operations that came out of Esalen Institute, Stanford – all of this was being bankrolled by the same agency that was simultaneously funding the growth of a new UFO cult to try to explain not just how modern technology came into being by other other celestial uh, entities in the 1950s and Roswell, who crashed and gave us and we reverse en- engineered their technology, or just you know there's there's different variants of these of these things that Joe Rogan listen to him enough and you get all sorts of guess and analysis on this topic, that that only you know some some other ones say okay. Maybe uh, maybe the Roswell thing isn't exactly how it happened, but, but it was, you know, uh, the aliens interfacing with the oligarchy of the earth in order to provide them a special set of tools to control the masses because we're too dumb to control ourselves. So the oligarchy chose the favorite people and it really becomes like religious um, mythologies are cooked up. Because how do you combat an oligarchy if they're interfacing with intergalactic or interdimensional aliens who have all of this superhuman power? Well, you, you can't. It's like almost as if they, they were communicating with gods or angels, right? Why, why would you bother as a lowly mortal? Try, why would you bother to try to fight such a thing? You, it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a failed cause w- before you even start. So just go back to sleep, Slave. Maybe you can get out okay, you know, the, and they also explain, well, where did humans come from? Obviously, we're, we couldn't have just descended from apes. That, that popular Darwinian explanation is wrong. So what else could be true? Well, how about we were some alien hybrid fused in a laboratory between apes and aliens and then produced us, like the, the movie Prometheus gets across. And, you know, this is like a popular other macro narrative, which is being circulated in the zeitgeist to get us to ignore the evidence that the universe is actually creative. That it's made by God, that it's creative, that there's an, an intelligent design. Because at the end of the day, who created the aliens? Was it another okay. alien species that found chimpanzees in that alien planet that fused them with their alien uh, hybrid thing? And if so, where did that alien species come from? Did they exactly. get fused? If not, and, you know, it's, and I do this now for hours, right? right? It, uh, exactly, and and. and, and, and- yeah, sorry, go yeah
0: and and and
1: symptomatically
0: this is all the signs all alien talk and this woo woo and mushrooms and DMT and ayahuasca are all symptomatic signs of a godless society. When you take god out of it, when you take the divine intellectual creator out of it who created all these things, this is what you're left to. You're you're left to going on these the the psycho trips using chemicals that excite the brain and 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 here's where we are. And it, and it fits so closely to where I mean, all this alien disclosure and all this stuff, it's setting us up for where the elites in the West want to take us to. They want to take us into the metaverse. They want to take us into into a realm where it's all fantasy all the time because that is the only thing they have left to sell us. They cannot sell us anything real or physical. Now they're selling us the invisible, the fake, the the, the fraudulent, and that's this whole virtual life they're going to be hoisting to you. Why? Because you're going to be unemployed. You're going to be at home. You're going to be given a universal basic income. You're going to be carbon taxed. You're going to have a social credit score. And the best thing you're going to do to look forward to is after you're working in the bug factory or the sweatshop and after you're done with your sex work is to come home and, uh, you know, and put on your 3D goggles and do some uh, some uh, some uh, some virtual reality stuff, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you've know. Noah Harari is explicit when he says, what do we do with the useless class? Drugs and video games is his only two solutions. That's the only two ways. He doesn't explicitly state depopulation, which is also part of the the mix. But for those who are allowed to live in this dystopic world that Peter Zahan wants us to believe is the great American century coming on. um, No, they have a lot of (laughs) drugs. The great
0: American century. You, you, You know who he is? This guy is somebody who read Tom Clancy novels his entire life. The insurance salesman known as Tom Clancy. That's who he read. That's his entire worldview is 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 is, for, is created by Tom Clancy and Call of Duty. That's it. That's what yeah, he is.
1: It is lame. It is that lame. God, um, it's so terrible. Yeah. So again, Joe Rogan. If somebody, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan's not going to end up listening to this, but by God, by God, get off the get off the psychedelics. Let go of the aliens thing for a bit. Put that on the wayside. Revisit, please revisit your actual history and science and think about how your mind works without drugs first. Because a lot of people, you know, that's the thing I always get. at. Yes, there might be things that we can learn by psychedelics. I'm not trying to say that all drug drugs should be completely discarded. But what I am saying is don't skip steps. Before we try to like yeah. open up new horizons for the mind using drugs, let's try to actually figure out how this tool called our mind works without the drugs. And then let's have that conversation down the line because most people, they just skip steps and they're like, just give me the transcendental feeling experience of speaking to, to entities in my subconscious through all sorts of, you know, psychedelic ecstasy, LSD derivatives and other things. But it's like, just try to like, get to know yourself first, know your mind, make some discoveries, see how this tool functions and then see if you want, will it be made better by the use of the, of drugs or not? But don't skip the steps because otherwise you become a mushy-minded fool who's ripe for all sorts of Rockefeller MK Ultra operations, which is another thing, by the way, anybody who looks at the the UFO, and we've talked about this in in previous shows, if you look at the origins of the UFO cult phenomenon that emerged out of the Cold War, the same figures who are running MK Ultra, which is where LSD-25 and other psychedelics were all developed in the military-industrial complex and CIA, all of those... core figures like henry tizard there's many others and i document this in a chapter of my upcoming book were the same people who were also promoting the ufo alien disclosure thing going back to the 1950s it's the same operative seeing this is two sides of the same psyop that would emerge or culminate with a new global slave class that would have new religious names and new religious orders that they would worship that would be tied to both psychedelics and tribalism and a neo paganism to replace the the former you know judeo christian systems that had animated the past 2000 years of human civilization as a new alien religious cult would be brought online at some point it's always part of the the objective for a new great narrative which by the way is the name given to the vatican great reset davos project for the new myths of the 21st century and beyond they oh, call yeah, it the new the narrative. narrative project yep so Don't buy that stuff. (laughs) That's this is this is foolish. Instead, look at what China, Russia, Iran, other countries that represent Christianity, Islam, Confucianism, Buddhism, uh, all of the, the, the actual nations of the world today that don't want to commit mass suicide on a technocratic feudal altar look at what they're doing look at what we used to do before many of us here were even born, but look at what made our societies once great that we've lost yeah. and then do more of that stuff because I guarantee you that's the sort of thing that will give us a future and that's what scares the oligarchy, not our ability to access LSD and uh, and know about aliens. That is not what scares the oligarchy. <laughs> they, they like that. Yeah. So don't do what exactly. the oligarchy
0: likes. Exactly.
1: And fuck Peter, <laughs> Peter Zehan. <laughs> Zehan.
0: Freaking idiot. Yeah, yeah, freaking idiot. Anyway, thank you all for listening in. This is The Great Game with Matthew Eret. And we absolutely crushed Peter Zahan, who's an absolute moron. Oh, God. Joe Rogan, please, man. I'm praying for you, brother. You got to wake up. You got to wake up. We need to get. We need. We need. uh, Western populations need to escape this binary thinking, this left, right uh, paradigm, this false narrative. They need to escape that. And, folks, you can find Matthew over at RisingTideFoundation.net, the RisingTideFoundation.net, as well as the sh- uh, as, well as CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org. Check out his substack and his books. It is super important you check out his books. And with that being said, CJ, take it. What is it? The Luciferian Roots of the FBI and the Importance of Immortality of the Soul? Dang, yeah. man, you're killing it. Yeah, it's a fun awesome. one. All right. And with that being said, CJ, Take it away.